Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks, where kindred souls gather together to share intel, swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot known locally as the February Room is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA, the North American distributor for composite development fly rods and accessories. 40 years of Kiwi ingenuity and graphite technology now available at cd-fishing.us or your local CD USA dealer. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And remember to go fishing. Here's your host, the Carnops, and this is the February Room. Welcome. Today, my guest is Travis Morris. Travis is a manufacturer's rep uh, for outdoor industry brands, which means he has some fishing stories for us today, and I can't wait to hear them. Thanks for joining me today, Travis. Thank you, Lauren. Good morning to you. Yes, good morning to you, too, and what a beautiful day it is. Um, it is. But, Travis, we were kind of talking earlier. Um, you have a knack for carp fishing, which we're going to talk a lot about carp because this is Carp Week. But before, you might have more interesting fishing stories that have nothing to do with carp, but I'd love to hear one. Oh, uh, fishing stories. There's, you know, I'm lucky enough. I don't know if I'm interested enough, but lucky enough that uh, – <laughs> You know, my past started in a fly shop here in Bozeman called the Bozeman Angler. And so there's always a lot of stories uh, when you work in fly shops and guiding and things like that. And there's a lot. I mean, there's so many um, 
few stand out. I've been lucky enough to meet some of the some of the celebs that live in around Bozeman. Henry Winkler is probably one of my favorites, um, only because he was such a down to earth guy. Um, you know, we went to lunch together one time. Um, the Fonz and I were walking down Main Street, and uh, it was, you know, like a lot of the celebs that come in, they don't really want to be seen or anything. But we were walking down Main Street, and man, I, I every person that walked by him, he'd say hi to. And, few of them's like oh my god i loved you as when i was a young girl and the fawns and can i shake your hand and get your picture and he'd pull i mean it took us it must have took us 30 minutes to get to lunch was only five minutes away so you know just seeing somebody like that and and all the names and faces that uh been the privilege of and and uh he he sticks out he was he was just one of the down-to-earth guys that i got to meet so and then uh, after the fly shop, started repping, working for Brooks and Hart Montgomery Outdoors. And and that leads you to a lot of different places in our territory to meet a lot of great anglers and meet a lot of friends. So though, though, there are a lot of stories, but that's that's the big story, just meeting a lot of different people. And it's been fun. Yeah, you know, I remember the Fonz. He did a show for uh, Fly Fishing the World. Yep. And um, anyways, yeah. So he definitely has like that look that's super like, hey, yeah. like I bet you, you're like, I just want you to catch a fish and be like, hey. Yeah, exactly. He just, he was one of the most down to earth people you've ever met. Um, Jimmy Buffett was another one. I got to meet Jimmy Buffett. And uh, of course he was always a favorite music guy of mine. And uh, I got to meet him and he's another one that was pretty down to earth. So it's cool to meet a lot of these people. Well, you got to be down to earth if you have a song called Margaritaville, right? Exactly right. And I'm not going to lie to you. I drank enough margaritas with that song to <laughs> embarrassing, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like we said, we're talking about carp because it is yeah. carp week. Um, give me, you know, for me, it's interesting because I went fishing. My first fish I ever caught was a white fish. And I think I was super excited about it. And everyone was like, oh, like that's, it's, you know, they're like, it's a white fish. And I was like, oh, well, why, why did everyone look at that? And I think about carp for some reason, because I think I look at those fish and I'm like, ugh, like, right. <laughs> well, you yep. a carp. But everybody, there's like a huge following for catching carp. And I'd like to know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, the white fish have never got a fair chance in the uh, trout fly fishing angling world that's for sure and carp are definitely yeah. carp are definitely up there you know i i still to this day as, as popular as carp fishing has been you know becoming or has become i still get a lot of crazy looks when we're floating the river or we're coming off one of the lakes or something and everybody's how'd you do how'd you do oh we did good you know well what'd you get oh you know i landed three or four carp today you did what and you're like, yeah, I landed three or four carp. And then they'll look at you and go, on a fly rod? And I go, yeah, on a fly rod. They don't eat flies. Or what are you doing? Like, Do you eat them? You know, that's the next question. Do you eat them? It's like, well, no, I don't eat them. I just, you know, catch them and release them like I do a lot of fish. And uh, and you just get that weird looks even to this day. But even, you know, when I started, nobody talked about carp fishing or at least admitted it because it was probably almost embarrassing. Yeah, I, I caught a couple of carp today. And when we're in trout country, you know, as you know, you, you're in Missoula and we're in Bozeman and Montana and Wyoming and Colorado, Idaho, we're all, we're all trout. And so that's what we concentrate on. And you get dirty looks when you're 
going to the lesser level of, of fish quality, I guess. But, you know, to be honest with you, uh, carp are probably what I chase the most. Um, embarrassingly enough to say, I don't think I've floated the Yellowstone River, which is right out our back door probably at all in 2020. And I wow. maybe once in 2019, um, you will find me, you will find me chasing carp um, from the moment the waters get a little warmer to the moment they get too cold. Um, I'm on, I'm chasing carp on some lake or some pond or some stream or river. Well, how did you fall into carp fishing? Like what made you decide, Hey, one day I'm going to leave the Yellowstone <laughs> River. I'm going to go find me some carp. Um, I grew up in Sheridan, Wyoming. And there's a lot of fishing to be had around Sheridan, Wyoming. Uh, the Bighorn Mountains, the Tongue River, we're close to the Bighorn River in Montana. You're not that far away. So I grew up running around with the family, with my dad and friends and, and relatives and stuff, trout fishing, whether it was with a spin rod or a fly rod. Um, but when you're on your own, you know, you have summers. I was playing baseball. And when baseball practices would get done and stuff like that, I'd get with my buddies. We'd take off on our bikes. And there's not a lot of trout fishing right in Sheridan, downtown Sheridan, Wyoming. But there was a lot of other things to do, catfish and suckers and, and carp. And I remember, you know, getting into the uh, railroad bridges and, you know, walking along inside the, the frame of the bridge, if you will. And looking down onto the streams and seeing carp and trying to catch them that way. Um, so I grew up chasing smallmouth and largemouth and carp and all that when I was a kid. But I really, really didn't get into it until about probably 18, 15 to 20 years ago, probably 18 years ago. Uh, when I was uh, fishing with Brooks, we, uh, he took me to a place in Idaho called Blackfoot Reservoir. And uh, it was one of those moments where it just dawned on me why I like carp fishing. And uh, it was because it's like red fishing, bone fishing, uh, pheasant hunting, elk hunting. You know, it's stalking, it's seeing the fish, casting to the fish, getting them to eat, getting to the right position. And that's when it took off for me. And that's when it's like, that's what I want to do. And that's what I did. And that's what I'm still doing to this day. I get excited about carp fishing. And uh, I think that's it. Well, and interesting, like you said, um, people would look at you and be like, you catch carp with a fly rod. It is interesting because they aren't like a predator fish, right? They're pretty docile fish. Or what? I mean, I guess, what is the... You would think that, yeah, you would think that. Um, I think the draw for me, um, first and foremost, carp, you know, everybody thinks carp just eat slime, eat eat grass and things like that. They're carnivores and they can be aggressive. Um, I guess. Really? I had no idea. Yeah. My joking comment is carp would prefer, would prefer steak over salad. Um, and I've seen that. I mean, they eat insects, they eat hoppers, uh, you know, around here at Bozeman, the rivers that we float, the river, the main river we float, obviously is the Missouri, uh, for the carp and they're, they chase crayfish. They chase sculpins. I've seen them chase rush into, uh, what I would call a bait ball, you know, which is a bunch of minnows on, in a back eddy and stuff like that and rush in there 
and start chasing things around. So they're not just looking for slime and stuff like that off the rocks. They they like their stakes for sure. So what are you throwing at the carp then, like with the fly rod? Um, you, I have a lot of different patterns I prefer. Uh, you'll get a kick out of this, as you have probably acquainted to. A couple of my flies that I like, uh, one of them is called the Space Invader. Uh, you know, it's, it's a off take, it's a great off take pattern of, uh, the original JJ with a little bit of flash. And then another one is the Skookum, which is a small, mm-hmm. you know, rabbit strip type little streamer, small, like a sculpin. Uh, and then I throw a lot of bonefish type patterns, uh, and I tie them with a lot of rabbit with a lot of flowing movement and things, but carp, you know, they eat, they eat insects too. Um, they eat quite a few of the, uh, anywhere from hoppers on top. I've had them on dries and caught a lot of fish on dries. They eat, uh, they eat mayfly nymphs and just like any other fish. Um, they're the most opportunistic, uh, fish I've ever chased, to be quite honest with you. They take advantage of what the food source is and around them and they change quickly. And I think that's one of the exciting parts for me as far as carp too. They're hard to catch. They're not easy. I was about to say, I remember you're saying it's like stalking them. So say you and I are going fishing together. What are we looking for? What is your strategy going into a carp to go catch a carp? Um, Like a lot of angling, kind of look at, kind of look around, look around your environment, kind of get an idea, obviously, of what's in that area for food sources and stuff. And then, uh, you know, like bonefish uh, and the redfish and stuff, but bonefish especially, we're gonna if we're gonna walk a reservoir or a pond we're gonna walk slowly look out in front of us keep an eye on movement because when i carp fish and you asked me this and this leads into it um i'm not fishing muddy waters that's not the excitement for me when it comes to carp fishing the, the excitement for me is fishing as clear a water as you can so you can see the fish like bone fishing or like red fishing a lot of times um we're going to stalk them, so we're going to sneak up on them. If we spot one a long ways away, we're going to watch it and kind of see what it's doing, its pattern. It could be cruising. It could be down, nose down like a bonefish, tailing. And you can see the little smoke trail or the little dirt trail where it's digging in the bottom, which is exciting. Um, that's the excitement of carp fishing right there. Uh, and we're going to we're gonna watch it, and we're going to slowly sneak up on it to get within casting distance, get an angle on it, and... Uh, Hopefully you make the perfect cast because they're spooky. Um, That's the great thing about carp. They're hard. They're spooky. They can feel vibrations. They're they're not as blind and as dumb as a lot of people think they are. They're smart. They truly are. Because I think of carp, I think of Asian carp, right? The ones that are kind of like in... The Illinois River, and you know, people take boats and they start flying, and you just you know, <laughs> them and so I guess like that's where I think of as opposed to the river carp, they're totally yep. opposite. They aren't going to be flying and hitting you in the face. That's yeah, totally different. And we're not fishing for uh, we're not fishing for that goldfish that you see in your son or daughter's uh, pet bowl next to their yeah. bed. You know, we're not looking for those. These. You know, the funny thing about carp that people don't realize, carp came to the United States about the same time brown trout did. Um, I've read articles back then where they actually came to the United States at the same exact time. 
Um, so carp have been in the United States for a very long time. And uh, I think people, if if they get out and they start chasing carp, they'll understand that they are not easy. And, it, and that's the excitement of it. It's It's fooling them. It's seeing them. It's making the perfect cast to get into their feeding lane or their, you know, to their feeding angle, make them eat that fly and watching them eat that fly, setting the hook. And they don't do a bunch of acrobatic jumps like trout do or like a tarpon or something like that. But when they want to take off, they take off and it's a steady pull on that rod. And, uh, and that's the fun. Well, it's interesting because if you actually grab the Montana uh, fishing regulations, they'll tell you like what's native to uh, the rivers. And it's actually interesting. A lot of the rainbow and brooks have been introduced. And um, and it's interesting when you actually look at the species that have been there forever, like paddlefish. I mean, have you seen a paddlefish? Mm -hmm. Those things are amazing. They're actually in your neck of the woods. Those things are huge and they're dinosaurs. And so you think of actually what, is native is um is and what's so popular here is actually not native to the waters in montana uh totally agree and that's that's kind of the the fun part of it for me to be honest with you um i love the trout and they're beautiful and they come in multiple colors let's face it and and i still love fishing for trout uh carp yeah let's face it they're not as pretty and as beautiful as a trout is and uh they they come in a couple different, you know, species, if you will, common carp and Amir carp is what we mostly find in, in and around this area. Um, and they're all about the same color, uh, unlike trout. But trout, yeah, trout, honestly, I mean, you look in Montana, especially, the only native trout that I can think of off the top of my head is a West Slope and Yellowstone yeah. cuts. Those are the two cut. Those are the two trout that are native. that are truly native. Where Browns and Rainbows were all introduced from Europe. And yes. so, I think it was like you know, 1888 or something. They were introduced back yeah. then. So yeah, exactly. So it, it's I I find it humorous when somebody gets on me about well you know trout are native and and I go well guess what carp are been here along around just as long that's why whitefish it's funny about whitefish whitefish are actually native before brown trout and rainbow if i'm not mistaken so uh uh and like you said paddlefish i've caught a paddlefish or two and uh they're 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 native uh yeah, paddlefish are native. <laughs> yeah exactly so there's a lot of native fish that we kind of look down upon uh and we look at trout as the the almighty that's what we have to chase and it's fine. Um, I, I'm happy both ways, but carp, or, carp is the visual stimulation, the, the tug, and, uh, and that's the stimulation. And now a brief message from our sponsors. High-performance graphite shouldn't break the bank. Check out the Tamer brand of fly rods for composite developments available in 5, 6, and 8 weight. An unbelievable value at $199, Tamer 4-piece fly rods deliver smooth cast and precise presentation. Our Tamer kits include a Fly Lab Pulse Reel and Weight Forward Fly Line, a river ready kit for under 300 bucks. Go to cd fishing.us or visit a CD dealer in Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming and remember to go fishing.
So I, I'm curious, like weather wise, mm -hmm. is there a better, like, is there days that you look at, you're like, oh, cause you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if it's raining and it's crappy out, that's a good time to go trout fishing. Is there weather conditions that make it ideal to go carp fishing? Warmer water temperatures are ideal to be quite honest with you. Um, I've had really good days during rainy storms and stuff like that with carp over bright sunny days. Um, it's more of the water temperature for me mm -hmm. and what I've noticed. Uh, obviously, I don't, I'm not out there chasing carp right now during the winter where I would be trout fishing right now. Um, you know, I, I, it just depends on how hot the spring gets. Water temperatures uh, in the mid-60s to high-60s and low-70s and mid-70s are probably the prime, prime water temperatures. So, obviously, we're looking at, you know, June. July, August, I've caught carp. I've had great days even late into mid, you know, late into October, mid to late October because the temperatures held. And so um, that's what we look for. I do like brighter days only because of the spotting aspect. Um, if you've ever been bone fishing, obviously you understand that you like those kind of brighter days because you can see the bonefish further off. It's the same with carp in clear waters on the lake or the river. It's just easier to see uh, and spot them and then make your move um, over clouds. Kind of like the stalking game that you're really, you referred to, kind of like elk hunting. Yep. Um, yep. Do you have a catch of a lifetime with a carp or a most memorable catch? There, like like all fishing, there are stories abound. I, I've got a lot of stories. Um, you know, a lot of them deal with my son. I've been privileged enough. Uh, my tw he's 22 now. I started him young in fly fishing, and it's sad. It's it's. I'm happy and sad at the same time because if I ask him if he wants to go fishing, what do you want to go do? Let's go chase carp, Dad. Um, <laughs> he 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 loves the visual aspect of it as well. And uh, so I have a couple with him. As far as a big carp for me, and it was a good story, was uh, my biggest carp ever caught was just under 30 pounds. It was uh, 29 pounds, 10 ounces, let's say, some, you know, in the mid 29 pound range. It was at a tournament that we put on in Idaho at Blackfoot Reservoir called the uh, Carp Classic or the Johnny Boyd Carp Classic. And I've been working on helping with that tournament for a few years and, and not doing well at it. One, one year, uh, saw a big, a big boil, a big roll in the water, if you will, out in front of me. And I stopped and watched it and it did it again. And uh, it looked like a big fish. So I started kind of slowly walking over to get close, kept my eye on it, got, got to the position, saw it show itself again i could barely see the shadow on it the water was a little murky but i could see the shadow on it out in front of me and it rolled again and that helped me tell what position or what direction it was moving because it was feeding you can see it go down see a little bit of the smoke or the mud that it would stir up kind of roll up and i made the cast in front of it and uh, let the fly drop to the bottom. I could tell it was feeding on the bottom and I started slowly just kind of pulling my line real slow, dragging it and all of a sudden the line tightened up and I was like, okay, is that rock, is that weed or is that fish? And I did the bonefish strip or strip set and it was, it was this fish and it felt big, but I didn't know how big. 
but it felt good. I was like, oh, finally, I'm on the board for the tournament. This is going to be great. <laughs> All of a sudden, I saw that fish roll and I went, oh, goodness, this is my fish. This is going to put me at the top for the big fish. I got a feeling. And I land, you know, long story short, kind of the fun part about it is two other vehicles came up who were part of the tournament behind me. And they were watching it. And actually, one of the guys started filming it. And the funny thing about this whole deal, two things. First off, I got it close to me, no net. And I'm in, like, thigh-deep water. And I'm probably a good 20 yards 20 yards off the shore. And I had no net. And I'm trying to land this fish. And you don't just tail a carp when they're that big. It, they're hard to do. And I'm like, how am I going to land this thing? How am I going to get it to shore? The thing swam between my legs once it got close. I'm trying to dance to get over the line. I'm freaking out that, you know, I'm going to lose this fish of a lifetime and it's going to get me into the top for the tournament win. And it's dancing through my legs. I'm jumping over my line. I've got it going, you know, back and forth. Finally, I just like, I got to back up and get on land this thing on, get it up on land so I can land it. We landed it great fish weighed it it was it was 29 pounds 10 ounces super excited everybody's cheering in the background but giving me a hard time it's like what well, is this your first time you've ever landed a carp you know <laughs> or a fish in general and so uh we got to the tournament way in that afternoon i was excited proud as a peacock strutting my way up to the up to the weigh-in everybody was oohing and on about how big the fish was weighed it in at 29 10 as i said and I was like, yep, I am just golden. Well, the, burble, the the bubble burst. Another guy came up, another fish. It went 30 pounds, just a tad bit over 30 pounds, crushed me. I was like, ah, oh, I went from first to second. And then a friend of ours, uh, a woman by the name of Terry out of Salmon, Idaho, she came uh, strutting up, and she's a heck of an angler. She pulled one out that went almost 33. I think it was 32 pounds, if I remember correctly. And so she beat us both, and uh, she started razzing us and stuff. But it, that was a great moment just because it was like I went from first to third. But it was just a great moment. It was a catch of a lifetime for me. Still my biggest carp to date, 2910, and uh, looking for a bigger one, and hopefully someday. But it was a great, great day, great tournament. Yeah, That was one of many. You said it's called the Carp Classic. When does this yeah. go? When does this event happen? Is it still happening with COVID? You know, COVID, it is still going. It's on the, you know, we still have plans to try to, you know, continue on with the tournament. I think we're on year 13 or, you know, uh, 13 or 14. We had to cancel it for 2020 because of COVID. Uh, it's not looking good for 2021, unfortunately, but uh, we still have we still have a vision to run it again in 2022 and it, it, it's a fundraiser is what it is. It's kind of for down and out people in our industry who have, uh, who've run into some issues, uh, you know, medical or, uh, or for whatever reason uh, we look at it and we, it's a fundraiser gathering of a bunch of people who like to carp fish like I and a bunch of us and we get together and have a good time, raise some money. And, uh, yeah, it's just a blast. Uh, we usually have it in May. Uh, oh. it's kind of cold. It's a little bit cold. Sometimes we have some weather issues, which lead into a lot of different stories that we've had because of weather snowstorms to sleeping in the mud to 80 degree weather. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. And, uh, 
and there's a lot of people show up to it. 50 to 90 people show up and we tell stories, drink lots of beer and chase carp. And where is the event? Is it in Bozeman? No, this particular one is in Blackfoot uh, at Blackfoot Reservoir in Idaho, oh. which is just outside of Idaho Falls and above Blackfoot, the town of Blackfoot, on um, and then um, on the other side uh, from Jackson and Alpine, Wyoming. Wow, what a beautiful area! And how long it is, is. The tournament? How does how long is the tournament for? Is it like a week tournament? Like every day you kind of come two in day. with your two day two day okay. yep. Two-day tournament, get to one, you get to weigh one fish per day per person. Uh, so you call your fish and you uh, you weigh your biggest fish of the day, and then uh, you release them. And do you have a sponsored T-shirt because you, it's like the black the Bass Classic. They all have T-shirts. And <laughs> right. are you bringing? We were talking earlier about your boat, the the Flamer. Is the Flamer yeah. being endorsed by any? <laughs> Company. No, uh, the flamer does not show up. That was uh, that was a boat from the good old days of working at the Bozeman Angler and managing the Bozeman Angler. That was the that was a boat that I got to use when I did some guide trips. Uh, that was a boat of Rod King's. Uh, it's never showed up to the Carp Classic, but I do know that it has been out on some rivers chasing some carp once in a while. So you might you might see it out there once in a while. My my boat's all black, so because um, the flamer had. The- the reason why it's called the flamer because it did have a huge flame on the side yeah. of the boat. Yeah, so, back back in the day, Rod King had that boat, uh, road drift boat built. It was black and had he had flames down on each side of it, like you'd find on a '57 Chevy or a '32 Coupe or something like that. Well, and Justin was day. telling me that he said that Travis has uh, a, a boat that is dialed in. Yeah, can you tell me about your your boat. Yeah, I will. I can't take full credit for it, um, to be honest with you. But when, you know, back when we really started getting into the carp 15 or 18 years ago, uh, started fishing with uh, another guy by the name of Dan Miller, who you may have heard of. He's one of the owners at the River's Edge, River's Edge West stores, and started fishing, carp fishing. He's in, he loves carp as well. And uh, he built this I got, I'm pretty sure it was him that kind of came up with this and another gentleman that helped by the name of Jim Adams, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it's a platform that he built for his skiff and uh, it sets up on, it's mounted to the top of the gunnels. So it gets us, instead of sitting in the bottom of the boat, you're standing in the bottom of the boat like you normally would, it gets us up on top of the gunnels and six inches off the gunnels. So it's a casting platform like you would find on a, on a flats boat. And, um, so we started making those, he started making those and, and, uh, I duplicated it. Um, cause I couldn't be outdone by Dan obviously cause <laughs> we were fishing. So we got one for my boat and a couple other friends, uh, that we fish with like Brooks. Uh, he's got one on his skiff and they're great. Uh, they help us get up on top a little higher so we can, you know, see a little further and, uh, gives you kind of that perspective of bone fishing again on the flats uh without being in mexico or the bahamas or florida and uh we're chasing as they call them the golden bone or the uh montana you know the montana bonefish or whatever you want to call them uh it just it's just brings it all together so yeah so we have those decked out so we're ready to spot carpet distances have you ever eaten a carp before <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good, 
That's a good question because that kind of that kind of leads into one of those drunken debauchery type stories that we've had plenty of carp fishing. Yeah, I have eaten carp, um, and it comes from the carp classic story. Uh, Brooks Brooks Montgomery and I were showed up pre fishing for the tournament. We came up a few days early and we're playing around just fishing for fun, and we was like, you know. Everybody talks about trying carp. Some people, like we had some friends in Wisconsin who said that they've they've eaten carp and they they're actually not bad if you do it right. You know, cook them right. And these whole stories, like you hear about cooking catfish or something, soaking them yeah. up. Do do this. Do that. You know, we got all this. We had all these suggestions. So we said, all right, let's do this. So we caught a couple carp and we full we we filleted them, which is not easy because they're. You know, their scales are so thick and heavy, but we filleted out a couple couple of them. And one was bright pink red, like you would see in a salmon or a trout early season or something. It was beautiful tuna colored. And the other one was white, um, you know, like you see in a cod. Yeah. So we're like, huh, this is going to be interesting. So that night we're trying some different ideas about how to do it. We've rolled them in cornflakes and cornbread that night. We fried them. We barbecued them. We, we did a bunch of different things and a bunch of people were showing up to the tournament that night. And we all started talking. Of course, we're drinking beers and having a few cocktails here and there. And the story started telling. And finally we got them done and a whole bunch of people were surrounded us. And we're like, we want to try this. Let's see you guys eat these things. And we're like, all right, we'll do it. So, the, you know, everybody's like, here's the white one. Here's the pink one. You know, what's going to be the best one? And everybody's like, well, obviously the pink meat. Well, let's just say that a few of us who are a little drunker than others tried it first. And um, I tried the white. And I was like, oh, you know, it was kind of like it was pretty muddy tasting kind of taste you know pretty fishy and i was like oh god it's like i can't wait to try the next one i tried it i spit it on the ground dog walked over turned around and spit it out on the ground and walked off so that that kind of gives you an idea of my experience with eating carp I got, it's not it's uh, yeah what did no. the pink what did the pink one taste like it was awful that's the one i spit on the ground that the dog came over and ate and picked up the, the piece that I bit into and spit it on the ground and picked it up and spit it out as well. So that'd give you an idea of how bad that one was. It was awful. Did you know why one was pink and why one was white? Like, why would that, why would one be such a different color? I, I, I can only guess. Um, I can only put, you know, like fish or any other fish and stuff it was probably just, it's, it's, uh, what it was eaten. Um, that's the only thing I can put it together is what it's, what it's food was and stuff made one a little pinker and the other one white. Uh, other than that, no, I don't recommend eating carp. I don't catch them for eating. I catch them because of the tug and the, and the, and the excitement behind it. Uh, I'll let you guys try different recipes to see if you can make one taste good, but I'm out. I'll, I'll stick with the other fish. <laughs> is there, is there a lot of bones with the carp fish? Inside, yeah. like when you're yeah. Them? Okay. Yeah, there is. They're they're quite bony. There's, you know, you can cut them out like you do a lot of fish, but yeah, they're quite bony. Well, you do, you know, paddlefish have no bones, so it's exactly. Easy. And I, that's I've, uh, had, that, yeah. I've had paddlefish, and it's really good. Well, you know what? It doesn't taste like anything. It literally tastes whatever seasoning you put on it. 
is yep. what you're eating. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of good. Then if you wanted, like, if you like salt, you have a that's salt right. taco. That's right. I've had paddlefish myself and I've had some really bad paddlefish and I've had some really good paddlefish. So maybe, maybe that's the same with carp. Uh, I just I said, you know, I'm not going to try it again. Not for a while anyway. <laughs> maybe, maybe the drinking got away from the fish cooking in the shadows. <laughs> well, somebody I think yelled out and it was probably Brooks or something like that. And that's the great thing about carp. If you're going to eat it, throw the meat away and just drink. Yeah, there you go. I, Justin told me because when he went fishing with you guys um, yep. and went carp yep. fishing, I said, "How was it?" Because he's actually what, hasn't done too much carp fishing, and he goes, "It was fun." He's like, "You really like the stock?" He's like, "But man, they are kind of stinky fish. Are they yeah. stinky fish, or is he just a baby?" <laughs> well, no, uh, they are. They're they're very slimy. Uh, my my net over the years is probably not the best smelling thing in the world. Um, I've washed it out. Uh, carp are very slimy, uh, without a doubt. Um, just got to get past that. Uh, and they definitely have a lot more slime than trout. And they, yeah, they can tend to start stinking if you've got a lot of slime on your and left on your hands or you're wiping your pants and your hands on your pants. Uh, the casting deck gets washed out daily. Uh, when we go carp fishing, uh, the net doesn't so much. And yes, the net does stink. Is there a special cleaning product that can make your boat smell squeaky clean to get rid of the carp? <laughs> well, just like we all should be doing is, you know, clean, you know, the whole, the whole clean inspect and dry. Um, yes. no, I just take it to, I just take it to the car wash, wash it off at the uh, at the car wash, and uh, and I guess let the sun bake the rest of it to dry. So I was going to ask Most you: people. Do they do the carp have a lot of uh, predators by by any means other than you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got predators. You know, I've seen I've seen eagles and hawks swoop down and and take smaller ones. Um, you know, another a quick story. Jeff Courier, who you've probably heard of, I've, I've fished quite a bit with Jeff, and he shows up to our tournaments and stuff. And he's a good friend. And him and I were sitting there on the shores one time, watching some pelicans swim by, and we saw a pelican take down about a ten or twelve pound carp. Um, let's say, wow. yeah, let's just say that pelican was swimming in the water a lot lower after he swallowed it than than he normally would. Uh, so, you know, pelicans, hawks, uh, the biggest, you know, those are the natural predators. The big, big predator is the bow. You know, bow hunting for carp is big. Uh, a lot of people are doing it, shooting shooting carp with the bows. And uh, and so that's a big part of it. And uh, but, yeah, they have they have predators just like any other fish for sure. Oh, wow. So people in Bozeman are grabbing their bows? Because I know that was like a big thing in the mid. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty big thing in the Midwest, but I haven't heard of too many yeah. people coming with their bows out here uh, in Montana. Oh, yeah. Fishing. Yep. You know, I've done it once or twice. Uh, it It's fun. It's not what I prefer to do when it comes to carp fishing. Um, I have a lot of friends and relatives who do it, and they have a blast. And, uh, you know, I'm not or against it one way or the other they're enjoying it and stuff i just prefer chasing them with the fly rod because it again it reminds me of so much 
of going to the Bahamas or Mexico or Florida and, and bone fishing or yeah. red fishing. It is, it is exactly the same thing. It's, um, it's that excitement of what people seek out when it comes to bonefish. Uh, it's that excitement. It's the stocking, the scene, and the big, big runs, the big tugs behind the, on the rod. Uh, I just don't have to go to the Bahamas to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and who wants to go to the Bahamas when you've oh. got caught in your backyard? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no kids. <laughs> but it is interesting because watching those videos, I do see the tail of the carp. Like, they're just kind of swimming. So you see it, and then they go away. And um, like I said, I we have this video of you and Justin fishing, and you think that you can see the tails kind of going, that's going to be easy just to cast and have it catch. And I think there were so many times where both of you and Justin are struggling. You're like, I give up, man, your turn. And then the other, you know, both of you are just constantly. So it does seem like they are fish that are super particular in what they're going to eat. And they aren't going to just, like you said, they aren't dumb fish. Um, Travis, if anybody wants to reach out to you and have questions about carp fishing, want to get into it, um, What's the best method of them reaching out to you and learning more about your passion with carp fishing? Uh, you know, they can go to the Hart Montgomery, hartmontgomery.com website and uh, probably send an email from there. Uh, they're more than happy to send me emails uh, to my work, at, which is Travis at hartmontgomery.com, H-A-R-T. Um, love to hear from people who have the same passion. Uh, we have a Facebook page, both for Hart Montgomery Outdoors and one for the Carp Classic. So they can go there and, and uh, send a message that way as well. Um, yeah, I love, I love hearing from people. Um, it's, it's, it's fun to hear when I do presentations at some of the fishing shows or we just get to talking with people. Um, they start asking a lot of questions. And uh, the excitement with a lot of people is you can see it in their eyes like, I've heard about it. I've got, what do you got to tell me? And I can talk forever as you can tell about it. Uh, it's, it's a passion and an excitement and I love to hear from people. So that's the best way. Go to the February where you can access a complete library of our podcast and read more about our guests, their fishing stories and favorite fly patterns. We're always looking for exceptional fly fishing yarns. And if you have one to spin, shoot us an email at info at the February room.com. The February room is always free, but if you feel like throwing a nickel in the pond, we appreciate any additional listener support. For companies and individuals interested in sponsorship opportunities, please contact us for our media kit. Thanks for stopping by the February room, and we'll see you down here next week.